0: This week's parsha is parasha's bay. And we have a mitzvah at the end of the parsha of Shamli in Mitzrayim. A very unusual, a very unique and special mitzvah that on the night of the Seder, on Lel of Nisan, there's a mitzvah to be mesaper, to tell over, to recount the narrative of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim the Nisim that took place in Mitzrayim and the Nisim that took place as we were leaving Mitzrayim all this must be discussed with a question and answer with an interactive type of educational process between a father and a son and the question is why is this necessary? Of all the different things that the Torah deals with, of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, all the Torah mitzvahs, there's one mitzvah that a person has to go and sit down with his son and be misapil to tell over the story. And that's by Yitzias mitzrayim. By the night of the Seder, we have a mitzvah say, learned at in this week's parasha, what makes this story is so unique that we need to tell it over to our sons on this night of the year. We're living in times that the Nisianists are very great. There's never been a Tz'kupa to our knowledge in Klai Yisrael's history that there's so much, so many questions and so many things that are driving our children, very far away from the derech of Yisrael Saba. There's a lot of reasons for that. We're living in times of technology. We're living in times of taiva. We're living in a world that everything is in our pockets. All of the shmutz all of the information, all of the knowledge of the world can be immediately accessed at our fingertips. And so it creates a, a temptation that's just too strong for many of our youth. But there, are, that's an oversimplification. There's actually a lot of questions that children have that they've always had, but that you find specifically now and that's why it's very Negea for us to speak about it, not because we're not looking to open up a Pandora's box and bring up problems that we shouldn't be plagued with, but it's important for us to know that I believe that the number one problem that people have is Manenu, and I guess it's something that they always did have, is does the Rabbanu really care about me? I know that there's a Rabbanu in the world and I'll do his mitzvahs. It's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm Maida. There is a Rabbi Ashley He created the world. He's a Bayre. He does everything. But does he really care if I come to shacharis this morning? Does the Rabbi Ashley really care whether or not I learn one hour a day, whether I learn ten hours a day? Does he care whether or not my, my are touching or if they're not touching? Does it really matter to him? And a lot of people have a problem with believing that every little thing that I do in life, the Rabbi shalom detects, the rabbinic understands and knows about, and the rabbinic cares about. That actually whatever we do is relevant. Because I don't want to do an entire life's worth of activity and then go up to Shemaim and find out that it didn't really matter anyway. If I have to do it, I'll do it. But to do extra credit, to do things that are not necessary or will go unnoticed, I don't want to do it. And because of that, because of this one question, if we could be am I relevant to the does the really care? Does he concern himself with these things in life? Rabbim halolam ipilu this one question is something which causes many, many people to throw it all away. Because once this question is in a person's head, then everything goes. If I am not being noticed, if the Rabbi Shroom doesn't care about me, and a lot of times we think that he doesn't because life isn't perfect, and we're dealt a lot of blows throughout the course of life, so we feel he doesn't care about me, he doesn't notice me, if he doesn't notice me, I'm not coming to davening, or if I daven, I'll daven in my room or I won't stay in learning I won't learn every day I won't be kaveh itim etc., cetera, et cetera I mean, I, and therefore they, people go off and do their own thing because they don't believe that the rabbinic is really concerned about what goes on on a daily basis that I believe is the major problem that people have which allows them to have a license to do anything that they want in this life Yitzias Mitzrayim, if there's one thing that we can learn from Yitzias Mitzrayim, it's the fact that the Rabbinah Shalom cares. The Rabbinah Shalom cares about Rishos, and the Rabbinah Shalom cares about Sitkus. The Rabbinah Shalom is not only the Bayre of the world, but the Rabbinah Shalom is the Manig of the world. And he's not only Manig the world with Ashoka Clolius, that he creates the world and he makes sure that the world runs, but he he sort of delegates powers to other beings to watch the world, but rather he himself is on top of every single inch of the world, every second of our life, every single minutia which happens in life, the rabbinic is on top of and the rabbinic shalom is keenly observing. That is the Yisoyed HaYisoyedis that we learn from Yitzhias Mitzrayim. This is what the Sefer Achinach writes in Mitzvah Chafalaf when he describes the Mitzvah, the Sherish of the Mitzvah of, y- of Sefer Yitzhias Mitzrayim. He says like this, There ain't minatema in bo'lonu Mitzvah's rabbi salzeh Don't be shocked about how many dozens of mitzvahs in the Torah come because of Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim. Mitzvah Haseyim, Mitzvah Haseyim, Ki Hu Yisraeli Gadova Amad Chazak, because Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim is such a crucial, a vital, an indispensable part of our Emunah. The al Tonight in Kiddush we'll say Zeichul Yitzchus Moshiach. In davening Yitzchus On Yom Tov Yitzchus Moshiach. It's constantly a constant refrain. Everything is Zeichul Yitzchus Moshiach in Kriyat every day. Why do we keep bringing up Zeichul Yitzchus Moshiach? First of all, it teaches us that the Rebbeinu Shem created the world. The Rebbeinah preceded the world. He made the world. He desired the world. In Mitzrayim, the Rebbeinah Shalom showed, on full display, all of his powers, all of his omnipotence, that he was able to mishana the teva, all for us, new phenomenon, new wonders that never ever happened in the world and never will happen again. Yetzias Mitzrayim says the chinoch has the ability, has the power, to silence any atheist, any disbeliever, any person that dares say that there is no rabbi Islam in the world, we need do one thing and that's open up the medrash of that Yitzhiyot V'shayim. All of these parshias that are so fundamental, taramuna, if a person reads about it, and thinks about it, it's going to silence any disbeliever. <laughs> that the Rabbi Hashanah's is not only broad and general, but is mamish to the minutest detail of every single element of the world. This is what the Ramban says at the end of the parsha. its famous, famous shtickle that everybody must know about how the taflis of Yitzhia's Mitzrayim was in order to bring about this Hakara to the world, that the Rabbeinah Shireim created the world, he's the manigailam, and that's why we have so many mitzvahs to constantly drill home and drive home this point. That there's a rabbi Shalom who's a on us and if he made these nisim, before b'fursamim if he made this supernatural nisim he's definitely able to run the world in a natural way which he does. And that's the Yisaitu Abayi of why we have to be mesaper to our children. Sipar because the disbelieving son or the believing son all the bonim. They need to hear loud and clear from their father on this important night how the rabbinu Shalom cares. How the rabbinu Shalom knows. And how the rabbinu Shalom watches and protects us from everything. And if a child is able to hear this on this important night, then all of the questions that he may have in the future are not threatening. Because he has a firm foundation that the Rabbeinu Shalom cares about me. Let's observe, let's analyze some of the makas, just a few of them, to show exactly this point. Let's take the first maka, the maka of dam. We all know the medrash, but sometimes it's kidai, you know, we hear a medrash when we're children, it's beautiful sometimes to see the medrash actually in the Loshna medrash. The medrash says, the adam it's a Yalkud in Shemayz Parag Zion. Says that from the makah of dam the Jews became very wealthy. Ketzad, ha'yu ha'mitzri v'yisrael yeshvim b'soich bayes echod. A Jew and an Egyptian were sitting together in a house. Voisa gigitz malei and you have together they were sharing a vat of water. They had a, a Poland springs machine in their house together, and they would use it at the same time. They would use it together. They would share it. The mitzvah would go and put the spout on, and the water would come out. It would be red. Then the Israel would go and put his cup under the spout, and it would be beautiful, clean water. Vaya mitzri aimer, tainli give me a little bit of water, I'm thirsty. Vaya nice and light. The Jew would give the mitzri the water. Nimtsoh biyad mitzri dam. As soon as the hand was passed over, as soon as the glass was transferred to the mitzri, as soon as the mitzri held it, it was dam. Vaya Aimer loi, vah in Let's together take two straws. You take a straw, and I'll take a straw. And we'll drink together from the same cup, says the Mitzri. That way I'll be able to have water. And as the Jew was drinking his water from the same exact glass, his water became was clean and beautiful, and the Mitzri soaked up red dam. The only way that it was possible for the Mitzri to have clean water to drink, he had to actually pay the Yid, whatever the Yid would charge, and that way he would be able to drink water. But if you think about this message that we all know, we see exactly what the Rabbanu Islam does in the world. The Rabbanu Islam is mamich he splits atoms for us. He's able to take from the same cup of water the same source. There's no smoke, there's no mirrors. From the very same glass a Jew is able to drink water and the mitzri is able to drink dam. And they both come from the same source. It's more than miraculous. It shows us how the Rabbin watches every single molecule. Every single molecule in the world and the world has trillions and infinite numbers of molecules, the rabbinu is mashkiach on every single one of them. That's how specific and direct and precise the rabbinu is in the world. The Makh of tzvardeah. Tzvardeah was in a, a remarkable mak also. The medrash says that through the mak of tzvardeah, There was peace that was made between, in the Middle East. Peace in the Middle East is such a, it's something, it's something that, you know, is so, uh, it's so impossible. Not only between Israel and the other countries, but between the Arab countries themselves can't stand one another. But there was one point before Camp David that there was peace in the Middle East. When was that there was a terrible Melchama between Mitzrayim and Kush. Mitzrayim and Kush were two countries that neighbored one another. And they were always battling over borders. This, this thing about boundaries, you think it just happened, you know, in 1948 was when the first boundary dis- dispute came into existence. This, These mohamas about boundaries existed already from time immemorial. They had a boundary dispute. Where exactly does the boundary of Mitzrayim end? And where does the boundary of Kush begin? and vice versa, and they couldn't, and they fought bitter wars over this, you find like Iran and Iraq, they for, for more than a decade, they were killing each other in the 1970s and 80s about where, about a, a little sliver of land that they couldn't agree upon, who's the bailim on that land? Where exactly does your property start and where does mine end? And this is something that went on and on and on. You know when this result when this was resolved? By Makis Tzvardaya. Because the Puslik says that the Tzvardaya these crocodiles or these frogs filled as Kol Gevolcha. Your whole boundary, your whole border will be full of, of frogs. And so peace was made because all of a sudden they saw the frogs came to a certain borderline and that's where they stopped. So immediately, you know, the ambassadors came, they shook hands, and they, they were plebeya, that this is our boundary between ourselves. The our So you see again, how exacting these makkas were. These makkas were not just some, you know, uh, Hefkervelt, that you have billions of frogs jumping all over the place. The frogs had a mission, and the Rabbi shalom said to the frogs, this is your border. You have to go to the gvul of Mitzrayim and stop And the rabbinic shalom was making sure that every single frog did not jump over the borderline. That's how midactic the rabbinic shalom was with Ashkacha Pratiyot, that we see from Yitzhia Sashayim, we see from the Nisim that took place in Egypt. It's interesting, there's another very similar medrash that says the same Yisait, but by Makkah of Arabic. By the map of Arba, we know it also says that the Arba, these these uh, the the locusts filled the entire Mitzrayim, and there's another message that says that that's what caused Kush and Mitzrayim to make peace between each other because that's how they were able to see exactly where the border of Egypt ended. So which one was it? Was it Sardaya or was it Arba? So I saw a beautiful verse from David Cohen in his agada. Called Simchas Yavetz, he brings down that there's a pasuk in Tehillim and Para Parakufei, if you look it up, it's a capital of Tehillim which deals with Yitzias Mitzrayim, and a lot of the specifics of Yitzias Mitzrayim, a lot of the makus are discussed in this capital Tehillim. In fact, it's one of the the Shir Shalayim that the Levians sang on Pesach was Kufei on one of the days of Pesach. So listen to a pasuk in Tehillim. Vayach, this is talking about borrowed. Vayach gafnamu vayishaber The borod came, the hail came, and it was such strong hail that it came and pelted all of the vineyards and all of the teina, all the fig trees. Vayishaber It also broke down all the trees of the border. What does that mean? On every border, it makes sense that people plant trees in order to delineate, where's my property, where's your property? And so I plant on the borderline of my property trees. That's Eitz kabulam. Zachter David Kohn. That really, they made Shalom at that point. And they were able to be kaiveya, where's the borderline? And you know what they did then? They planted trees along the borderline to no, know this is the portal, this is the green line, this is where Kush ends and Mitzrayim begins. Or where Mitzrayim ends and where Kush begins. And then by, after Makis Saideiah, came Borod. Barod went and destroyed those Eitzkevulam. So now all those trees fell down. Again, there was Muhammad between Kush and Mitzrayim. They didn't know where Mitzrayim ended and, and Kush began. Again comes Makas arba and Chazard over again where exactly the goal is between Kosh and Mitzrayim. But you see again this Said how the Rabbeinah was midaktik and Chotas exactly to be Kabeah, the borderline. He didn't allow the Tzvardeah and the arba to go an inch past the border. That is Hashdoch of Pratis in the most minute and precise way. by the Makkah of Barod. The Apostlech says, <speaking in> borrowed <Hebrew> was all over Mitzrayim this hell. <speaking in Hebrew> it was on the Adam. It hit people. It hit behemoth. It hit every blade of grass. Fretor wanted us to say that the bird was on Eritrayan. If I say that it's it's pouring outside, do I have to go and say, you know, my car got wet, and there's a dog I saw that got wet, and there's the grass is wet? Duh, of course, if, if there's rain coming down, so everything gets wet. Why does the Pusik have to go and say the bird comes down and it hit on the Adam, it hit the behemoth, it hit Kaleis Basodh? What's going on over here? What's the Pasik saying? So the Briskerov says, a gorgeous vart. The briskerov says, this wasn't hail. This isn't like a regular hailstorm or a rainstorm or a snowstorm that everything gets drenched. You know what Barod was? Barod was, like today in this day and age you hear, like scientists, like Israeli scientists, they're, they're probably the most technologically advanced in the world. And they come up with these like James Bond type of bullets or bombs or all types of inventions that are able to pinpoint a certain person. They don't want to stomp, drop a bomb and kill 100 people because then the whole world will go crazy. So they have to develop these little microscopic, like little helicopters, like little teeny planes, drones, like but the size of like a match, box car, And it flies into the Gaza Strip. And there's one guy, one terrorist mastermind that they want to get, and pumped it flies into his face and he blows up. No one else around him blows up, just him. That's called a pinpoint surgical strike. <laughs> Sometimes it could go from a, from a, from a, United States as a technology. They could fire from a boat in the middle of international waters. They could fire a missile and it hits Mamish, a single person on the streets. From a satellite, they're able to see people, they could go mamish, I, I saw read, read once in a paper, they're able, Eric saw, they have the technology, they can kill people from such a distance with satellites, it's just a shadow where they should hit the right nostril of the guy or the left no, right nostril of the guy. That's what their DN should be. That's how precise it is. And that's what Barad was. Barad was not just um, a rainstorm or a, a hailstorm that just hit everything indiscriminately, What barad was, was a precise, pinpoint, surgical strike against everything. Anything that the rabbanishram wanted to hit, the barad went and zapped. If there was an adam that the rabbanishram wanted to kill, the barad went and killed him. What bullet? A bullet of barad went and killed what just come? People might, there might be a tzaddik walking right next to him, he wasn't hit. It wasn't a rainstorm. It was something that every single piece of barad had a place to hit. Every blade of grass that the Rabbi Hashanah wanted to be destroyed got hit. Every behemoth that the Rabbi Hashanah wanted to be destroyed got hit. But it wasn't heftier. It was very, very specific. There's once a Maisa with Ramey Simcha. Rameer Simcha says, they came to Rameer Simcha in Davinsk and there was, during World War I, and there were bombs falling on Davinsk. And they asked Rameer Simcha should we leave Devinst now? It's a very, it was a, a pretty big city, Davinsk. And should we go to the suburbs and, 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 and escape? Rameir Simcha said, no, stay. He said, but it's, it's hailing bombs. So Rameir Simchli brought a riot from a, a Yerushalmi that's brought in, in, in a Tesis. And he says like this, Rameir Simchli said, Every bullet has an address. There's no such thing as a bullet that just um, you know, whizzes around and hits somebody indiscriminately. If somebody deserves to die, the bullet will hit him. The Rabbin allows the bullet to go to where he wants it to go. If the Rabbin doesn't want the bullet to hit the person, he will not allow the bullet to go to the person. There are so many stories. You know, a policeman, he had a police badge on him. The bullet was straight for his heart, but the badge deflected the bullet. A, a miracle. It was a miracle because... The Rabbeinah and on every bullet, should it kill the guy or should it not kill the guy? Every bullet has an address for I'm to say. And so, if you, it doesn't mean you should go into a makum but the whole world during the World War was a makum So, uh, you know, they're running away, You're not gonna, if, there, if there's a bullet that's supposed to hit, don't worry about it, it's going to hit. And if it's not supposed to hit, even in Devinsk, it's not going to hit. And that's what Barad was. Barad was specific Every piece of hell, that's what's town in the Pasuk. Every single piece of Barod had a location, had an address, had a destination that it was supposed to hit. It was not Completely random at all, quite the opposite. The Rabbi was driving and steering and putting little chips into every single piece of barad and making sure that it hit home. That it hit it exactly where it was supposed to. That is the degree of hashtag approfis that the Rabbi has on the world at large and at the world befraught And these are the seidais that we get from discussing these medrashim on Leo Tesvav. It's been said and it's, I, I, it's, it's certainly, it certainly makes sense. You know, on, on Lel Tesbav, by the say there are a lot of people, they come with their, with their, uh, with all their sheets to the table and they speak at all the briskerovs and all the basal and all this, you know, the fancy Tyra And of course, there's, there's a place for that. But there's no substituting just speaking out the Pshutah shal Mikra with, with the Rashi, with the Midrashim, with the Mefarshim, because the, the Midrashim speak out in such a clear way for a child to hear if you present it properly it gives you such a, a complete panorama of amunah. it shows how the Rabbanu really does care how the Rabbanu is concerned not just with the world Bechlau but the prate-prate-pratum the, the of the world the Rabbi Shalom is equally as interested in. There is nothing that goes that's beyond the Rabbi Shalom's observation. The Rabbi Shalom sees and understands and appreciates and knows every little thing in the world. And that's Mishasek, as the Khinach puts it. Anyone that has Seiketz and Amunah, the parsha of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, these Parashahs, Ba'era and by these and B'Shalach all of these parashiyahs speak so loud and clear Tashkacha to Ashkoch HaPratius to the is the Mashkiach on the world, the Rabbanu watches and cares if he cares about the mitrim, to to manage them with such specific detail with such pinpoint precision the Rabbanu certainly watches every little thing that we do Every word of davening is chasheb to the Rabbani Shalom. Every word of ta'ira is chasheb to the Rabbi Every little act of chesed, every act of kibra Avaim. Whatever we do in life does matter. We're relevant to the bari The Shalom cares about us. And when we know that the Rabbani Shalom cares about us, and we can go through life strong with emuna, and nothing will shake that emuna. I love the Lashon of the Birkis Abram. One of the Rabbeim in Kaltira, Rabab Abram Erlanger, who is Mahmisha Adam Ad Adma'id, he wrote perhaps one of the greatest, most classic Achrainish that's used in yeshivas. And most yeshivas you go into, the Birkis Abram is, is ripped to shreds. It's a very, very, in a good way. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's so well worn. Because it's such a, it's such a a safer in Lambdus. Anyway, the Birkis of realm, if you ever want a great vart on Haggadah Shal Pesach, it's always a scramble, you know, to find some good things to say to the Haggadah. Look in the back of his Chidushim on, on Mesech's Ptachim. He has a Kuntris called country Haggadah Shal Pesach, and he has phenomenal vartlach. Whenever I give a vad. Uh, before Pesach to do some heavy lifting for the guys so they should have what to say about the Seder I'll admit that most of it is, is taken from that Sefer and he says a beautiful Roshan his Roshan is so beautiful he describes this Indian that we're talking about with the Chinuch and how Sipri Yisrael Mishayim is sort of driving in infusing the next generation with all of these Yisaitas and so the Roshan of the Berkos of is as follows if the Yisaid, move on If the Yisaid, if the foundations of Yiddishkeit which were are giving over on the Leil HaSeder are understood and they're clear, and a child sees a father with full Emuno, Shuv Gamim Yesh Alfe Kusis, Ein Bam Nezek, Vein Bam Koyach Lefkaya Bam If a person might have a thousand questions in life, and we all have questions, there's nothing wrong with questions, and not all questions even have simple answers. But if the Yisait is strong, if we have a good, firm foundation in life, and we really were Mechabel from our fathers, the Yisait and Emunah, and on Leal as the father sits at the head of the Seder table. And someday we'll be fathers and we'll be the ones giving over at the Seder table these Yisaitas. So we have to make sure that it's strong by us today already. If the Yisaita is strong and we give over unvarnished truth to our children at the Seder table and they see in our eyes that we believe it and that we're giving over this emuna from our very Dhammatamsis, then even if the kids will have questions down the road, and even if they'll stumble upon certain blogs that may be not, you know, so wonderful. And even if they have questions in learning or on Tanakh or on, on Gemara or they have questions in, 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 in Ashkafa, it's okay. It's fine. Because their Yisoid is strong. And where somebody has a strong Yisoid from his parents, from his rabbein, then Alfei Kushis Thousands of questions aimed by amnesic they won't do any damage because we have in our heart and in our mind and our in our soul these important, fundamental, essential Yesidas, building blocks of amuno The only question that remains and that might still plague somebody in this room or beyond that's wondering that's still not convinced that what happened in Mitzrayim is, so, is such a great answer to our problems today is because, you know, Mitzrayim took place a few thousand years ago. A lot's happened since then. Been many, many years that have passed since it's here Mitzrayim. And so, good, in Mitzrayim there was Ashkocha Pratyas and all these Machis and many others that we have not discussed today or we could discuss them forever. Maybe then there was Hashachah Pratis, but today, how do I know today that the Rabbi Sharam is still able to emanate the Bria with such Hashachah Pratis? Let me read to you one, one thing, I, I believe Rabbi Berzan spoke about it uh, last night in his Rambanshir, but let me just, for those of you who were not there, let me reiterate it. The Ramban in this, in, 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 on the parasha by, by Makis Arba speaks about how something miraculous happened in Mitzrayim. Meshav Abeinu davened and he said that, that the Araba will leave will leave the ghul of Mitzrayim and, they, and will never again eat up the produce of Mitzrayim. And the Ramban brings down that historically this is held true. Arayayim an Arab has never eaten the crops of Mitzrayim again. They might come from neighboring countries, and they might go back, but they won't eat the crop because Moshe Rabbeinu promised that an Arab will never eat again the crops of Mitzrayim. And the Ramban quote to Rabbeinu Chanano that says about such a Maisa, there is a chiyav of sichu buchal nifloisav. That you have to talk over. These miracles are important for us to repeat and talk about. And discuss because it's master Shemunah in our way. So let's fast forward. The year is Shemitah 5719, which comes out in 1958-1959. There was a Shemitah year in Eretz Israel And there was a famous Moshav in Eretz Yisrael called Moshav Kamamius. Kamamius was one of the early... Moshavim, that had Zihiras in Shemitah. It was not popular in the early days of the Medina at all to keep the Shemitah because there was need, there was obviously, agriculture was their main, their main export, they didn't have technology and high tech, and the country needed to survive, they needed to live, they needed to eat. So they came up with all these Heterim, of had and doing Shtick in order to get around um, this issue of Shemitah you're not allowed to planter in Shemitah so they sold the whole sold to an Arab and big, big machleik sin in Halacha whether or not that works whether it doesn't work the Chazanish notoriously famously came out against that Heter very, very strongly and he wrote a famous letter about um, about how you have to have a munah and how the tirah is maftiach that everything will be okay and you can't do shtick so one of the few Moshavim at the beginning of the Medina, at those early years that were really died in the woe, Shemitah observers, with all of the Hidurim and with all of the Pratim of the Mitzvah of Shemitah, and there are many, was this Moshav Khamimiyas which was run by a Adam Gadol. His name was Ibn Yamin Mendelssohn. It was Nifter in 1979. He was the rab of this Moshav Khamimiyas and he made sure that everything was done kidasu kiddin and it took a lot because you know, the farmers that worked in the moshav they might not have been on his madriga of Amun bitofen and he had to really be the driving force to continuously remind them about the importance of having emunam bitofen the Rabbi from and sticking to this all-important mitzvah on the Torah so he wrote a letter Rabbi Yom Mendelssohn, if you want to see it inside, I'm going to do a shameless plug for Great Jewish Letters. It's on page 222. He writes like this. He says, the next story, He first he says another, uh, one amazing story, and then he brings a second one. He says, the next story which we witnessed in Kamamias in the Shemitah year of 5719, I reported to the Briskorov, and he told me that it is a mitzvah to publicize it. He said it was a mitzvah of Farsim, which means that when we speak about these, these mitzvahs, we're getting a mitzvah. We're publicizing something which the Brisker Rav himself said, that there's this of the Ramban, Rabbi Hanano of Sichu B'chol You have a mitzvah sometimes when you see mitzvahs, when you see blatant miracles in the world, you should tell them over. There's a great Hasidic Shabbat, He-Manti Ki-Adaber, ki kiadaber means, I believe, you know when my emunah is really strong, ki kiadaber. The best thing to do is tell over things. When the more you repeat Mysim and nisim and niflois, the more the emunah is mushrash in us. That's why there's another mitzvah, another reason for sipri siyas and The more we tell over, the more we believe. I think the, the, one of the gay rebbers said, that's the chat call the The more you speak over, you Mitzrayim, Harezem, everyone says Meshubach means the mitzvah of Sipur. He says, no, Harezem, You are Meshubach. The more you tell over these Mitzrayim, the more you become praiseworthy. You become greater through repeating these great miracles. During the year prior to Shemitah, we had planted crops. Many of those fields had yielded produce that would be harvested and fed to the animals during the Shemitah year. This was in accordance with the Allahic decision of the Ramban, who permits feeding animals produce planted before Shemitah and harvested on Shemitah. One Friday morning, the members of our settlement came running to me in a state of extreme ag- agitation, saying, a swarm of locusts has struck the neighboring settlements, wreaking havoc, and completely destroying most of their crops. It is now heading towards Kammimus, this swarm of locusts which were going to kill out all and eat every single piece of wheat and barley and tfua that were growing in Kammimus. They were scared to death and now we're not gonna have anything to feed the Bahamas. So this is where Mendelssohn talking, he said, I told them, let us go out and observe how Hashem saves those who keep Shemitah. This is the lesson in Hebrew. Yeshua is Hashem Let's go and see how the Rabbayin Shalom, b'chveideh ba'atzmai, is going to protect us. He wasn't at all, he was fearless. He wasn't at all, the crops are going to be eaten. He had complete and utter bitokhin in the fact that the Rabbi Hashem would never do something that would harm people that were Shem We went out and watched as the entire swarm headed towards Kammeus. As soon as the swarm reached our borders, it swerved and the locusts flew away as quickly as they had come. Hashem had again shown that He protects those who abide by His commandments. The Russian Hebrew is better, if I must say so myself. It says, As soon as they came to our borderline, All of the locusts turned their neck away from us, borrowed from the Pasar. Not one other, not one single solitary locust stayed, jumped across the border. It stayed away. It stayed in those other Moshevim that were in keeping Shemitah. But they did not dare come onto our fields because of Sikh Buchal Nif The Rabbinah does Nisim constantly. It doesn't matter whether it was the year that we left Mitzrayim, or it doesn't matter if it was the year 1958-59 or it doesn't matter if it's the year 2012 there's the same with the same Hanhaga, with the same Pratis, with the same ability and willingness and want to observe and to scrutinize and to monitor and to protect every single blade of grass growing in the world and every single Tzadik, and every Yid, and every single Maisa, everything, there's Hashkacha, but much more than we can ever know about. And that's a tremendously comforting thing to know, because it means that I am relevant. It means that I do matter to the Rabbeinu Shalom. Yes, there are good times and there are bad times and there's a question for everything that we not, might not ever understand. But at the end of the day, the Rabbeinu Shalom cares about us and he watches us and he makes sure that we're okay and he embraces us and he loves us you know, By to say there, a lot of people have the minute I had a principal in elementary school who was a concentration camp survivor he lost his father, was shot in front of him he, he has like a little scar on his forehead because of when he was sticking his head out of one of the, the cattle cars a Nazi shot at him and the bullet grazed his temple and he stole Siarayim, like a little scar there. And he lived a very difficult life. He was an unbelievable Makhanech. He was Makhanech thousands of children in, in the elementary school that I went to, and today he lives in Eretz Israel. But he lived a very difficult life, and he kept his concentration camp uniform, or at least the, the hat, you know, that, that white and black striped hat. And every Seder night, he sits around the Seder table and he wears this hat as he's saying, That is an ultimate testament that even in our day, people that are still walking our planet saw with their own eyes, the chush, Mamish, the Nisra of the Rabbanishram, the of the not just the mitzrayim but in all of the Mitzrayim's, my father sits and tells the stories of his rescue when he left Denmark for Sweden and the Goyim rescued him it was the night of Rosh Hashanah. He tells that over every single year on, on, on Pesach at the Seder because that also is Mashrish the Emunah, that the Rabbinish Shalom that was Mashkiach Prati and didn't Nisim him, for us in Mitzrayim, still had Ayoyim does Nisim Gluyim for each and every one of us. And we're here because of it. The biggest testament that the Rabbi Shalom is still in the world and cares about us is the fact that the Yidin are still around. There's a famous bar from Yaakov Emden that he says that more than all the Nisim of Mitzrayim and Mantair on the Midbar, you know what speaks the greatest about the Rabbanu Shalom in the world is the fact that the yid is still around. After all the great empires tried to destroy the Yid, the Yid still is around and he's thriving, and that is what is on the godless of the Rabbi Shah, more than anything. We'll just end with a great bark from Shamsher al Hirsch. It's brought down in Rav Schwab's uh, Purish on Siddur. He says that his Rabbi Rav Shleima Breuer. Who was a, uh, the father of the Rebroyer who started the Killo in Washington Heights, the Yekutsher Killo? Reb, Reb was a son-in-law by Reb Shmuel and one time Rebroyer Rab Reb, Breuer, Reb, Reb met the son of the Chassam Seifer, Reb Shimon Seifer from Krakow, the Krakow Rav, and Reb Shimon Seifer said, "Listen, tell me a word from your shver. Everyone's talking about Shmuel Shem Rappel Hirsch and his great Torah and his beautiful." his beautiful thoughts. Tell me the best. Give me like a really gishmak of art from your shver. From, from Shams Refaul Hirsch. This is Rab Schwab saying what he heard from his rabbi, Shlomo Shemabroyer. He says, I told him the following vart. And obviously, if this is the one that he chose to tell the chasm slay son, it must be one of Rav Shams Hirsch's best varts. says, Adain Ailam is probably the most famous pisman that we have. It, it will be hard to come up with a more off-recited uh, Pisman piyot, than Adanaimam. We say it every shakras, or we should say it if we don't say it, and we say it by Krishna or Amita, we should say it, and we say it in Shul and Davin, at the end of Davining, sometimes on Shabbos, Yom and we say, uh, you know, yam nairoim at the end of Mayab. We're always saying adainailum. What's the main doge should be said adainailum? If you could be maimed, if you could try to boil it all down, what's the greatest word about adainailum? Just stam the fact that Rabbi Yishalem is adainailum uh, ashuram malafatam kayetiyon ibrahim. He created the world. Obviously these are great shrashim and amunah. For shavalar has a unique daher on this piyot without going through the whole thing the, but the first part of the Piyot says about how the Rabbi Yisrael is the creator of the world he's our king he was he is alone in the world he's Yachad and then at the end it says you know what that means? it means that HaKadosh is my personal God Meaning, there's two ways of looking at the Rabbeinah Shlom. There's a Rabbeinah Shlom that's the Melech Malcheyam Lachim. He's the Melech Al-Khala Eilam. He is the omnipotent Rabbeinah Shlom. He's Hayah <speaking in> Haya <Hebrew> Those are terms that we could just, you know, we could relate to it if we really try. but they're really global terms that are very impersonal in terms of relating to the Rabbeinah He's a universal God, and he's the Echad, Yachad Umiyuchad, he's everything, he's... He's unique. He's individual. He created the world by himself. Before the world was created, he existed. After the world was created, that's all very nice. But the main point about of Adin says R' Hirsch is that end, the P.S. of the, vart, of, of the spirit. of this piyut, the Hueli the Chai the same Rebbeinu Shalom. That's so amazing and so grand and has such universal acknowledgement as being the b'ayalam. He is my God personal, me here sitting in Queens in 2012 in a base medrash in some place in New York a little speck of God, of dirt from a skyscraper we wouldn't be able to see ourselves and come if you go up in an airplane you can't see little people, we're just little people but the rabbinic cares about me Brug Kaley He's my Hashem. V'tzor chevli. V'tzor chevli beisorah. When times are tr- of trouble are upon me, He's my rock. He's not just the Rabbin Hashem of the world, but He's my personal Rabbin Hashem. And biyadi af bay beisishem beira, biyimruchi ki biyasi Hashem liyiv If the Rabbin Hashem is with me, I shall not fear. That's the Yisait of Adain Olam that the same Rabbi Nishraim that everybody acknowledges, most people that go off the death will admit to you, there is a God in the world, I admit, I just don't think He's my day, it's a me. Adayinayalam is what goes against that notion. Adayinayalam teaches you, and if you sing it, and if you understand it, and you study it in this perspective, you'll understand that Adayinayalam says, I not only believe in the Rabbi Nishraim that He's great, but I believe that He's for me. He watches me, He cares for me, He's here for me in good times and bad times. That is Ashkaqa Pratis, that if we would really be able to absorb, we would never ever have any Stekas in Amunah. Our life would be one of Tzadik Gemurim. Because we, we don't have any, there's no stakes. The Rabbani loves me, cares about me. He's here for me. That's the Yisait HaYisaitim of Ya'adosh. That's what Yitzhiya S'mesayim is. Yitzhiya S'mesayim is, is that there's Ashkaqa Pratis, that we we're able to see so visibly by Mitzrayim. And that same Ashraf practice is still with us at Hayyim. And how we should be able to take these Yisraelites, this Mitzrayim into our daily life and to recognize and to realize and to speak personally with the Rebbeinu Shlomo. Things the Rabbi Shalant used to say, you know, people when they say Shema saw, Shem Lekein they have kabonis you know, you'll read the, the fine prints in the school Sidur and what kabonis is supposed to have, all the Echad kabonis these elevated lofty kabonis the Rabbi Yisrael is, is the, you know, over the he's, he's the Melech on the Dalad Ruchais and in Shemayim and in Aretz and all the Dalad, dalad everything, the Rabbi Yishayim is the King but Rabbi Yisrael says, don't forget one thing, when you're being Mamluk, the Rabbi Yisrael is the Melech on everything don't forget also to be on yourself because sometimes it's easy to spread out a huge blanket and to say yeah the Rabbi Yisrael is everything but he's not only everything he's everything he's mamish to the point to the dot, to the nekuda, to the Kutz shal yud. the Rabbi Yisrael is that also he's not just great but he's also very very here very present, very with us and if a person's able to match this amuna in his heart, and listen to our fathers teach it to us and say their night, and give it over ourselves, and see ch'ebuchal and hemantiki adaber, then we'll be able to live mamish lives that have, even if we have thousands of kashas, where our amuna will not be shaken, it won't be rattled, because it's chazak, it's takuah, it's built in, because we believe in the Yisaydei Yisaydei that the Rabbani Shalom is...